But yeah, so today uh, I'm talking about a topic that uh, I'm pretty passionate about and something that I actually uh, I deal with a lot. Um, and that topic is on the topic of doubt. Um, yeah, so before we get into it, I want to uh, introduce you to someone. Um, this is my friend, Jason. Okay, cool. Make sure it all works. This is my friend, Jason. Jason is a pretty fearless individual. Uh, he, he's, a, he, he's a person that's, that's pretty sure of himself. He's got this kind of innate confidence. Uh, he, he skates, and he, uh, when it comes to ministry, he does pretty radical things. He's the kind of guy that, that goes out and, and prays for strangers, and, and uh, you know, it, it seems he, he's always pushing me out of my comfort zone um, because of his fearlessness. And uh, Jason, for as long as I've known him, I've known him for, for about 10 years, and uh, Jason had always had this, uh, this catchphrase I used to always think, and, and this may be something you've heard before, but anytime I was in a conversation with Jason uh, or, or his family, uh, it seemed like at the end of a lot of sentences, he would say these words, no doubt. He would, like, you, would say, you would say something and say, like, man, you know what, I, I, really, I really need to, to rest. Like, yeah, no doubt. Okay, that, that seems strange to me. That may not seem strange to you, but I didn't grow up in a home where I heard people saying no doubt. So I was like, is this some kind of weird like California thing? Or is this like, I don't know what, where this phrase comes from. But he would always end a lot of sentences by saying no doubt. And for whatever reason, that little phrase seemed to define Jason to me. That Jason was a person who didn't experience doubt. And, and I, I put Jason on this, this pedestal that I just... It seemed like he was a guy that, that had no idea what doubt even was. He, he's the kind of person that would jump out of a plane without checking to see if his parachute was even on. Like, he's just the kind of guy that just goes for it. And, and so he would always say this, this, uh, this no doubt. And I'll, I'll give you an example of his, his confidence um, and, and how he has no doubt for himself. So there's a song uh, in, uh, from the 90s. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of you guys probably would know it if I hum it, but it's uh, I'm blue. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, I I've always known that to be I'm blue. Da ba dee da ba die. Right? That's what that's what. Jason. From the time that I met him, and we had this ongoing debate for almost a year before we finally settled it. He said, "No, man, I swear it's I'm blue. If I were green, I would die. Like I swear that that is that is the that is the lyrics. Like I know this." And and I would I was like so because of Jason's confidence because of his lack of doubt I'm sitting here thinking are these really the lyrics is it is it really I'm blue if I were green I would die that's just dumb and and the lyrics are already kind of dumb to begin with but but if I were green I would die and so we we looked it up and I proved him wrong and uh, and it was it was a beautiful a beautiful day uh, to see his see his confidence broken. Uh, <laughs> but, but Jason is a guy that I look up to so much. He's a person that just doesn't have doubt. And so I am not Jason. I am not that kind of person. And I think a lot of us wouldn't consider ourselves that kind of person. Um, I think that a lot of us deal with doubt, uh, both doubt about ourselves, doubt about others. Um, we deal with negativity and doubt all the time. And so uh, where does this come from? I mean, where, how does doubt play into faith? Is this something that we were, is this, is this something that should be a part of our faith? Is it something that should be a part of, of how we have a relationship with God? Does doubt play a role in that? 
And so I, I believe so. I believe that that, uh, that that is a that that is a thing. I think that we as people, um, and, and as Christians as well, that we we feel like we have to have certainty, right? We we need certainty um, in, in a lot of aspects of our lives. Uh, so we have scientists and mathematicians and philosophers that. That, and we've, we've built all these things to try to understand our universe because we're scared of what we don't know. And we're scared of doubt. And we want to have that certainty. And, and so, we're, yeah, we're uncomfortable with, with the unknown. And so we, we build all of these, these uh, programs to try and, and find our certainty. And this even plays into our everyday lives. You see, certainty, if I'm certain that I have a job with a set income, if I'm certain that I have a steady paycheck coming in or a salary, then I'm, I'm going to feel able to take a risk and invest in something. I'm going to invest in a, in, a, in a house or I'm going to invest in a, in a vehicle or, or in, in, in a lot of ways invest in, in ministry. Um, if I, uh, a lot of people are, in, in order to be certain, to have certainty that they won't be alone, they will invite a ton of people to a huge to a social gathering. They'll, they'll invite way more than what's necessary because they know a lot of people will bail, but they still have the certainty that they won't be alone. And a lot of us deal with that. And, and uh, if I'm certain, and <laughs> if I'm certain that I'm going to get a money back guarantee on something, um, I'm probably going to make a disastrous purchasing decision. Uh, knowing that I could maybe return it back. If I have that certainty that I can get the money back, I might get that exercise equipment that I'm never going to use, you know. And so this is, this is something that's common. In Jesus' day, uh, day, the religious scholars uh, of Israel, they held to the knowledge of Scripture as their certainty. Right? They, were, they were under Roman rule, and, and uh, the thing that they knew was things that had happened in the past and how God had spoken to them in the past. And they had this certainty of the Scriptures, and they built their lives around this rock-solid certainty that if they just dotted the I's and crossed the T's, if they followed the law to the letter, that, that um, they would be free from their oppression. God would send a Messiah, and they had this rock-solid certainty. And they built all these ideas around it. They actually had split off into like, you know, denominations in a way where you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and whatnot in ancient Israel. And, but they built their lives around this doctrine and, and around this certainty. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and challenges this certainty. Uh, Jesus establishes kind of a new certainty. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And this challenges a lot of, a lot of the, the thinking. Um, this challenges a lot of what the traditions and, and what people knew. And they say, whoa, who, who is this guy who's claiming to be king of the Jews? Uh, he also uh, says, look, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. So you've been, you've been dotting your I's and crossing your T's. I'm sitting here saying that I am the fulfillment of what you've been doing. And so this, this, his certainty is now kind of challenging the, the scholars of the day. You know? And he, he, then he says, whoever desires to follow me, because I've just said on the way, the truth, and the life, you have to deny yourself, deny, what you, deny your certainty, whatever your rock-solid truth or your, whatever you've held on to your entire life, what you've been taught by your parents, whatnot. Let, deny yourself, take up your cross, 
and follow me. And so the scholars of the day didn't like it, right? The scholars of the day, uh, they didn't like what Jesus had to say. And because of their, because of their pride and because of their confusion, um, because they didn't want to handle any kind of doubt in their tradition, they, they, wanted, to, they wanted to silence Jesus. They wanted, to, they wanted to, to crucify him. And that this was something that happened in, in the, the culture of Israel in the time, the, the nation of Israel. They, they, rejected, uh, they rejected Jesus and, and, um, and put him on a cross. And with this idea that we don't like something that challenges our status quo. And we don't like to have doubt. We like to have this, this rock-solid certainty. And so, like the scholars in Jesus' day, uh, I think we can make certainty uh, an idol before God. I think that, uh, that in a lot of ways, we, all of this comes from different traditions probably within the church. I mean, I come from a, a very charismatic tradition, um, and, and I know that there are several in here that do not have that kind of background. And that come from completely different. And, but it's all across the spectrum of Christianity. But we've all had, every one of us has, has probably grown up with a rock-solid set of values or a set of, of traditions or whatnot that either our families passed down to us or, or our community. And we don't like to have them challenged ever. And, and I think that this is something, this is, this is the idol of certainty. And we don't like to express doubt. Um, Jesus highlights this problem uh, in John uh, chapter 5, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Now, what was Jesus saying here? I, I don't think he was saying that studying scripture is wrong or, or that studying the Bible or, or, or you know, looking to tradition is wrong in any sense, but that can't be in place of your relationship with God. That, that holding on to tradition or holding on to, uh, to the things that you've always known and never letting anything challenge that, that, that makes an idol of certainty that can sometimes take the place of God in our lives. A, a lot of us... Um, a lot of us seem to put, and I know for myself, I love learning about theology. I, I, I can be a theology nerd. I love, I love looking into uh, all the different ideas across the spectrum of Christianity. I love just learning about what people have thought about God and about Jesus and the historical accounts of the Gospels. And, and I, I, I get fascinated with that. And, and I think a, a lot of us, that we, we will pursue the knowledge of God but we don't pursue a relationship with God. That we like to talk about Him. We like to have opinions. You know, um, a lot of us, uh, you know, we see, we see our, everything that kind of comes from our Christian worldview, whether it be, you know, politics or family life or whatnot, our, our values, uh, that, that we, we don't like to have them challenged. And, and we, we can put this in front of our relationship with God. We like to talk about Him, but we don't like to talk to Him. And... And so for me, uh, it seems like that makes us kind of at the center of our faith. You know, we're not really putting Jesus in his rightful place at the center. So the last couple weeks, uh, HL's been talking a lot about um, with, with evangelism and, and salvation and, and 
you know, what, what this all may mean and the differences between bounded sets and open sets theology. And, and I think that how we've created these fences, that they've been put there by the idol of certainty, that, that we don't like to experience doubt and that we have to be rock solid, we have to be sure, we don't like to be open-minded or open to being maybe even wrong. We don't like to have that challenge, but God wants you to ask questions. God wants you to be skeptical. God wants to have a living, breathing, honest relationship with us. And so uh, what we tend to do as Christians is because of our religious or because of our relentless search for certainty, um, we often push doubt to the side as an enemy of faith. You know, you say, why, why would you challenge God? Why would you challenge, why would you challenge what you've always known? Why, uh, why would you even be open to asking hard questions, you know? Why, why do that? Why have doubt? You've got to have faith. And it's, it seems like doubt and faith are on two opposite sides of the spectrum, but I believe that, that they counterbalance each other and that, that both are experienced in the life of the believer and both are important. I see, doubt accompanies faith, and Jesus himself actually dealt with uh, dealt with this, this kind of doubt. Um, Jesus himself, knowing he was going to go on the cross, uh, he had already been betrayed, or he, you know, he was about to experience the betrayal of, of Judas, and he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Geth, that's so hard to say, Gethsemane, and, and he, he asks God in the prayer uh, if there was another way to redeem humanity. And he says, please take this cup from me. Jesus, Jesus himself is starting to experience doubt. And, and Jesus himself, when he's on the cross, he cries out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? You know, and if you're a person that values certainty, if, if faith equals certainty to you, then that statement from Jesus is hard to deal with. You would say, wait, so Jesus himself, the, the Son of God who's supposed to have perfect faith, that that Jesus had doubt, and that's, that's now bringing... So you're saying that Jesus must not have perfect faith. But I would say that doubt helps faith, that doubt makes faith stronger, and that Jesus himself knows that battle, and Jesus himself also deals with doubt. And so Christians sometimes can see that doubt is a sign of weakness, um, but I don't think that that's the case. I think doubt tells you that you don't have all the answers. I think doubt tells you um, that you have to rely on someone. I think doubting in ourselves, uh, I think, really increases faith in our lives. So my, my, uh, my mother, she, uh, growing up, we, we had, um, my, my parents uh, divorced when I, was, uh, when I was in my early teens. And my, uh, my mom, you know, we, we stayed in the house with our mom, and, and our mom took care of the bills and was the single mom, and, and we had a, a pretty nice house for, um, especially for our situation, and, and mom took on the role of having two incomes, essentially. She was working full-time uh, at a church while also working full-time at UPS, and, uh, and she took on two jobs to, to help raise my brother and I and, and to keep us in um, our comfortability in our, in our home. And there were times where my mom had no money. There were times when, when my mom uh, 
uh, where it just seemed like the, the finances wouldn't be there. And the only reason I know that this was the case was she used to take my son, or my son, my brother, <laughs> not my son. My, <laughs> I, did not have, uh, I don't have a son. That's not a thing. Uh, she, would take, she would take my brother and I, and, and she, would, she would set us down, and she would say, look, guys, we don't, have the bill, we don't have the money to pay the bills at the end of this month when I'm doing the math and, and we're really hurting. But I feel like God told me to give $100 to, to someone else who was also struggling in the church. And she told, she told Cass and I this, and, and, uh, and she said, now watch. I, you might be scared, you might have doubt, but watch what God does when you put him to the test. And, and she would tell us this, and acting out in complete faith against doubt, still embracing it, but against doubt, she, she invested in someone else's life, and then it was crazy. I, I remember at the end of that week, our electric bill came in that it was in the negative. Our electric bill, the electric company's telling us that they owe us money. And, and like crazy things happened where the, the money just kind of came in. UPS said they, she had a lost check and they just, and they took care of her. And, and, and it was crazy. I, and I remember like, oh man, that, that, and it shaped my whole view of trusting in God. But it wasn't because my mom rejected doubt. Uh, because I think that, I think that doubt plays an important part that she knows, you know what, I have to, not focus on myself here and really just let God do this. I have to really trust, really trust in my faith in God and really trust that, that Jesus is going to provide. And so the doubt was always there, but she didn't give in to the doubt. And so I think what happens is sometimes when we give in to doubt, doubt can lead to, can lead to fear if we don't keep it in check, if we aren't open and honest with God about our doubts, and if we aren't open and honest with God about our questions and our, our skepticism. And, and so uh, I think that that's, it, it's, super, it's super important that we don't let doubt control us, but understand that it's there. And so we don't want to ignore it, but we don't want to let it control us because if we, if we let it get out of hand, we let it go unchecked, and it leads to fear, and then fear, fear, is, is the, fear is the enemy of faith. And fear is, uh, it says in 2 Timothy, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so the differences between fear and faith, especially when doubt comes into play, is when you're afraid, being afraid and, and having fear in the natural world, you know, in, especially in the animal kingdom, fear is like an instinct that's been really good for a lot of animals um, because fear, you know, it keeps the antelope from growing to, to this side of the, the pond where there might be lions. And, or it'll, you know, fear, fear is that being afraid of something is actually like a survival instinct. And so fear is, is all about self-preservation. And so when you have doubts, when you give in to fear, it's, it's all about preserving yourself and trusting in yourself to keep yourself safe. And God wants us to trust him. God wants to, to give us power and to give us love and a sound mind. And, and God wants us to embrace our doubt, not reject it, but don't give in to fear. And doubt is a healthy part of your faith. Asking questions is, is so important. And so I think God wants to rescue a lot of us from the spirit of fear today. Um, 
you know, HL talked about this morning uh, about feeling anxiety. A lot of that probably was me. I, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety this morning because of this. And, and that's okay. And that probably, <laughs> so that, that, may have, that may have just, you know, poisoned the well. I don't know. But, <laughs> but there, there can be a lot of anxiety in our relationship with God. There can be a lot of, and so what we do a lot of times is give ourselves guilt trips. You know, when I was comparing myself to Jason, I'm like, I don't have the kind of fearlessness that he does. You know, like he's somebody that could really be used by God to do something because he's fearless. I have doubt, and, and I struggle with doubt. And, and I don't think that doubt is necessarily a sign of weakness. I think doubt sharpens your faith. I think it, it helps you persevere. You know, I, I'm pretty sure David probably, King David in the Bible, um, when we talk about the story of David and Goliath, I'm pretty sure David... Even though he boasted in the power of God, he, you know, looking in the natural, he's seeing Goliath, this you know, nine-foot giant standing in front of him. And, and I'm sure there was some doubt that was in play there. It just imagining yourself in that situation, I'm sure it was there. And Jesus even identifies with our doubt. And so I, I just don't think that it's something that, that should be rejected. But Jesus, just like he did with the religious scholars... He gives us a new certainty. Jesus gives a certainty of himself. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Uh, Jesus makes that himself the new certainty. That is the thing that we can hold on to. So we can doubt ourselves all day long, but I don't think, I don't, I don't think that we're even able to doubt his goodness towards us. That we shouldn't, we shouldn't doubt the, the fact that he loves us and that he wants to be kind towards us. And we may doubt ourselves and we may doubt our circumstances and, and we, we may doubt, you know, how we're going to escape a situation. But I don't think that we should, we should doubt the love of Jesus. Like Jason says, I think we should have no doubt. Um, and there's this, this quote by, by uh, Greg Boyd. He, he actually wrote a book on this topic and I would encourage uh, as many of you that are interested in, in this to, to check it out. It's called, his book is called The Benefit of the Doubt. And, uh, and he says, The self-serving, doubt-quenching, certainty-seeking faith that these folks are choosing to pursue is not faith as it's taught in Scripture. The faith that God's people are calling to embrace is one that encourages people to wrestle with God, to not be afraid of questions, and to act faithfully in the face of uncertainty. Uncertainty is not the enemy of faith. Doubt is not the enemy of faith. Doubt encourages faith. And, and I feel like that many of us in this room today, we deal with doubt. We deal with anxiety. Um, we deal with trusting in God to, to meet our needs. And, uh, and because, because of our doubt, it kind of snowballs into us feeling guilty about ourselves. And we start questioning whether we're even one of God's. Or we're questioning whether we're even a Christian or not. And, and we have all of this guilt um, that's snowballed from our idea that we have to be absolutely certain about things. And I think God wants to free us from that today. 